God can't bless who you pretend to be or who you compare yourself to. He can only bless you and the land that was created for you. I feel that for somebody. You don't need no edge entity, you need boundaries. What? I don't need your rights. I don't need your validation. All I need is a God fighting for me that says all things, all things, all things. Ciao. Ciao. Listen here, listen here. It is that time of the week again for the Woman Evolve podcast. Girl, I've been waiting on you. Fella, what you up to? Have to say fella because the fellas are real. Child, what is going on in your world? What have you been doing with your life? Um, Let me tell you all, I have been vegan for 18 hours. Do you hear what I'm saying? I've basically turned over a whole new leaf. Um, I know that that is shocking for a lot of you because you all know how I feel about bacon and just life in general. But I just want to be honest and say that I have been vegan for 18 hours. Um, Last night I ate chicken wings. This morning I've had a protein shake. Let me tell y'all what my friends told me. My friends told me about cashew yogurt. Now let me tell you, I don't really like yogurt in general because it has an aftertaste that feels a little, I don't know, like luciferic to me, just a little bit. Um, But anywho, um, I tried the cashew yogurt and it's delicious. And so anywho, I had my protein shake this morning. I had some cashew yogurt and then I ordered from a little vegan space down the road. I'm I'm vegan for 18 hours. Now tonight I plan to make spaghetti, which means that I'm almost vegan, but not all the way vegan. What's going on in your world? I'm being joined with my friends from all over the world. Facebook Live is tuning in. I see Naoshi from Philly. I see Tiffany Gibbs. She says she started a YouTube channel and she's working on starting a blog. Get it, sis. Make this world a better place. Patrice said, finally, it happened to me. What, child? Finally, you caught us live? Denaria says, Detroit is in the house. The brothers are here. The fellas are are in, I told y'all about the fellas being in the building. Lauren said, child, I just happened to look down and see the notification. Well, welcome. Welcome to the club. Where are you guys tuning in from? Rep, rep your set, huh? In the day of our Lord, 2019. Um, Tasia, Tasia said, I had an entire brownie for breakfast. Good for you. That's not vegan, but it is vegetarian. So she's a vegetarian, and I'm vegan. And how about that? Ashton says, I've been a pescatarian for a week. Well, that's longer than I've been vegan. Congratulations. I think about going vegan at least once a day. I text my friend Heather Lindsay about this. I said, I think about going vegan at least once a day. What happens is when I get hungry, my default setting is chicken. Um, Chicken. That's just like the default setting in my head. It's like, you know, what? if you're hungry, you need to eat some chicken. And so trying to break out of that has been my challenge. Um, I'm trying, though. I, I am trying. So how about that? Latrice says, I love how my friend slash co-worker Shia is always saying her sister is on, so I knew I had to join from the ATL. Well, welcome from Atlanta. We are glad for you to be a part. Shelby says, I've spent the last few months catching up on the podcast, and it's my first time live in the delegation. We need to insert some major like claps and applause right here because my girl is in the building. Listen, okay? Midlothian, Texas, Uganda. I told y'all we was international. Please stop sleeping. 
sleeping on me. We are international, okay? So Karen says, vegan, I can't imagine it. If you guys are unaware of what that means, that means she closed her eyes, she tried to put it in her mind, and she came up with nothing. She cannot imagine it. I don't blame you. Tanisha says, I think you need stock and orange theory because I'm seriously considering it because of you. Orange, let me tell you. Um, I don't know how much Orange Theory is in your city, so I can't say what it is. You know, I can't say that it is the most cost-effective pers- um, option for everyone. Most places have a free class. But let me tell you something. I went to Orange Theory this morning, and wow. I, wow. Um, can I tell you that before I went to Orange Theory, I did not run. The way my legs are set up, they're thick. They're, you know, I got thighs and stuff. And when you run and they move and it's just too much happening. But since going to Orange Theory for like a year and a half now, like when they say it's time to run, I run. And I mean, I run, run. And I don't, I, I guess, and it's in spurts. It's not like they're like run for 30 minutes at top speed. They say like two minutes or one minute or 30 seconds. And it has grown me into a runner. And I cannot lie, I um, see the benefits of working out there in my life, even though I don't see it in my diet. And that's why I continue to go. So how about that? Lanisha, come on, Lanisha. She says, nonsense. I can't do vegan. I know me neither fully, but I am trying. I'm dabbling in veganism. Um, So far, I've been vegan today. Who knows what will happen tomorrow? No one but the Lord. Okay. Marissa, so my coworkers know how much I love you, and I just put another girl on to you today, and she's going to be she and she's going with me to see you on the thirty first. Well, hey, hey, where I'm gonna be on the thirty first? Child, tell me, cause on the thirty first. But hey, sis, thank you for the shout outs. Listen, I'm so glad just to have the delegation in the sisterhood and the support. The Night in the Wild Tour is coming up. We are seven cities strong, and I think every city except for one is sold out, which is just, like, crazy to me because I just—you just never know what God is doing in your life until you start your life. That was a word for somebody. Put your finger in the air and receive it. Erica says, I can't go vegan. I tried the SJR Chick-fil-A special and was transformed. I can't give that up. Now, listen, she spoke a word, and I can't even force you to do anything like that because if you've had that chicken sandwich, I know. Mm. I know it changed your life. Ruthie says, how's Ella, and what are we doing for her birthday in a few days? Ella's birthday is tomorrow. Ella, my daughter, my youngest daughter, will be three years old. Her birthday is tomorrow. I'm putting together a party on Saturday, and then one of our older daughters is having her birthday as well on Sunday. So, like, Ella's birthday is the 6th. Taya's birthday is the 10th, and I am planning both of those parties for this weekend, and I don't know what we're going to do. Um... Ella's three, and I'm not one of those people, and if you are one of those people, live your life. This is not a knock on you, but I'm not one of those people who needs to turn a three-year-old's party into Disneyland. She's just now at the age where she might remember what happens on her third birthday, so I might make sure that her presents are actually wrapped this year. But beyond that, a cupcake, um, something, child, I don't know what we're going to do. Um, Now, my older daughter, I'm planning for her. I'm just waiting to see what I'm going to do. Y'all stay tuned to my Instagram story. Okay, listen, have y'all been watching the news? Have you been? Okay, I know you've been minding your business, 
But have you seen how other people have been trying to just force their business into your business and now it has become your business? Have you ever had that happen to you where you were trying to mind your business and then someone forced you into their business and now their business is your business and that's not even what you meant it to be? That is what Rescue Eve is about. Rescue Eve is when we're going about our life, scrolling about our timeline, minding our business, and then for some reason, someone else's business could just keep showing up over and over again in our timeline and then we have to mind other people's business which is generally not our style let me tell you how about that um when i logged on to rescue eve and to see what was happening in the news man so many things going on let me start with the number one story is it the number one story no it's not the number one story, but it is a story. Here's the thing. Okay, listen. Um, can we save Demi Lovato? Let me tell y'all, first of all, and this is what I'm, Vanya, Vanya already knew. She says, we saving Demi Lovato, auntie. We Can we please save her? Let me tell you, first of all, um, Demi Lovato dropped a song, I'm sorry, um, I'm not sorry. And it, this came out maybe a year ago maybe a year ago. Anywho, um, I had no need for the song, but there was a part of me that used to have a need for the song. And the part of me that used to have a need for that song heard that song and said, child, this is a word she done said unto me. Y'all need to hear that song. My girl is like, I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. Um, I don't know all the lyrics, but Google will tell you. Matter of fact, you can go right on to YouTube and hear the whole song. But she says, and a part of you out here looking like regret. Now, everybody who's ever had somebody try them knows what it's like to have somebody looking like regret. Have you seen the, um, what does Kev on stage call it? Cheap mouth. Have you ever seen cheap mouth when somebody is sorry for the way that they played you, but you moved on with your life and your skin is flourishing and your edges have grown back and you're drinking your water and minding your business and you have just all of the forgiveness and generosity that the world can give you and got a new promotion. That's what that song does for me. It reminds me of a season in my life where I was sorry and not sorry at this same time, okay? Tiffany Gibbs said, the tables have turned because that's a part of those. She said, some, some, the tables have turned. And boy, I saw them tables just a turning. Tanisha says, we can save her because I laughed at the memes too. Okay, so let me tell you all what happened because I know y'all didn't have time to be in the news because y'all really actually mind your business and I don't mind my business so that we can have this show and have fun but let me tell you Demi Lovato found humor in some memes about 21 Savage but other people didn't find that so funny 21 Savage is um, I'm not sure whether or not he's a member of this congregation and minding your business but what I do know is that he is accused of being a UK citizen who entered the United States legally when he was a minor in July of 2005 but he allegedly failed to leave under the terms of his non-immigrant visa and Demi Lovato um, like many of us saw how the internet engaged in tweets and things at the at the shock of him actually being of UK um, nationality. And she tweeted something that said, what'd that child say? 
I think she said like, oh, she said, so far, 21 Savage memes have been my favorite part of the Super Bowl. Now, if you have not seen the 21 Savage memes, you would probably be a little bit confused as to why it was funny. And once, you know, deportation and your life being changed and shifted, he's been here since 2005, it's 2019, you know, so that's 13 to 14 years, depending on when he got here, July 2005. So that's almost 14 years since he got here. So he, I mean, man, he's been here for 14 years of his life and now he's facing you know deportation and has been arrested and you know so that that there's nothing funny about that you know I don't care what side of politics you fall on someone's life being you know radically changed overnight it's just not funny you know but um the memes that the people made um, you know, some people can find a light in any dark tunnel. And I would like to say that Twitter is the one who is able to do that, specifically a group. I'm not sure if you all are familiar with the, they're, they're kind of like Mind Your Business Ministries and that they are a delegation, but they are often called Black Twitter. And Black Twitter really pushed through with some memes. And they, you, you know, once again, not funny at all. But um, Demi Lovato got caught up, though, because when she posted that, people were like, there's nothing funny about that. And she and she's right. And everyone is right. But the memes were funny. And I don't think that Demi was trying to, like, make fun of the fact that he had got immigrated. Oh, Lord. Deported. Arrested. Somebody who went to college fill in the blanks and make it what it needs to be. But anywho, let me tell you. Sue says, maybe she should have used her inside voice, a.k.a. not tweeted. That's a word. She could have done that. It was so funny, though, and the memes were just back to back to back. Um, but let me tell you, um, I think we should rescue her. Now, I want to interrupt this rescue to say that Jasmine Elaine has asked me a pivotal question, and it's going to give me an opportunity to be transparent while you all get your— um, life jackets on because we're saving Demi Lovato because she wrote that song. Jasmine says, Sissy, are you in a robe or just a sweater? Be ye comfortable. This is a sweater that I got from Nicole Linnell and it looks like a robe. It sits like a robe. I'm snuggled up in it like a robe. I got dressed this morning and this is where the transparency comes. And I said to myself, what is the closest thing that I can put on to pajamas that actually makes me look like an adult? And here I am in this sweater being asked if I have on a bathrobe. Um, but that's fine. That's fine. I'm comfortable. She said, be you comfortable. And I'm following those instructions. Okay, so Kier says, can we rescue 21? Yeah, sure. We can rescue him. But I was trying to rescue Demi Lovato for what she has done, okay? India says, I even made a funny meme, LOL, but love me some 21. Let me tell you, them meme, because they had things like him eating crumpets. Now, I don't know how familiar you are. See, because you guys may not be in the world, and um, you guys may be in the world, but not of the world. And you may, depending on where you fall in the circle, you may not even see what the world is doing. So 21 Savage is a young man who has a, a career as a music artist artist and he um, probably looks like um, someone who has a career in music as a rapper and to see him like them talking about him eating tea and crumpets and like the queen you know like it was just it some giggles giggles were had giggles were had and um, maybe giggles should not have been had but I think that if we can at least just rescue her for getting caught up 
caught up like the rest of us. Trinity says she can be rescued because it wasn't that deep. It was not. Elena says, save her. The memes I saw were about his nationality, not his immigration status. Agreed. That's what I said as well. Adrian says, 21 evaded all the taxes, child. Now, Adrian, you have said something to me that I never even took into my little mind, and now I'm not sure if I can rescue him because if I am paying more taxes because some of the saints is not paying taxes, I don't even know. I can rescue Demi, but 21 is going to have to sat down somewhere and see what the Lord would have upon his life because taxes are real. I want to believe that he was paying taxes this whole time. Don't tell me you weren't paying taxes because if we out here paying them, everybody needs to be paying them. Asia Scott said, where is the British accent? I have questions. Child, he been here 13 years. He don't have one no more, okay? Um, Ashley said, save her. Jessica said, creator of the ISSA movement. Come on, somebody. Sue says, the feather pin meme produced many giggles, so we should rescue her for sure. Okay, let's rescue. We're going to rescue Demi Lovato. And if you are on the fence about rescuing her, I want you to listen to that song called I'm Sorry, Not Sorry, and see if your heart isn't moved with compassion, okay? Because mine most certainly were. Sounds like we're in it for for Demi. Are we getting the jet or are we getting the boat? Brittany says, save her. People too sensitive these days. Okay. All right. Listen, so we're going to save Demi Lovato because that's the kind of people we feel like being today. The next story, I'm really interested to see what the delegation is going to say about this. Um, Benia wants us to know that 21 Savage is a mumble rapper. You can't even hear what he's saying, period. If you played a 21 Savage song right now, I would not likely know it. I've seen his name on the Instagram. I don't know for sure which song he sings because we are in a world. Let me tell you about the epidemic of mumble rap that is real. You know, Lil Wayne used to rap fast, but it wasn't mumble rap. What happened to the trap music that you could at least understand what we was trapping? They mumbling so much now, I don't know what we trapping. And that's why I got to turn on my gospel music because you've been untrapped me in something I can't even trap in. And so we need to really come back to the days where I can understand what is happening in these streets. Okay, but listen. All right. Um, the next story. Uh, this is someone else who has received just so much respect in the community because of one movie in particular, and that is Taken. I don't know a person in the world who heard, who saw the movie Taken and did not instantly feel like Liam Neeson was their uncle. Um, and that if they were ever in trouble, that all their dad needed to do or their mama needed to do was call Liam Neeson. He has been invited to the cookout. He has been asked to make the potato salad. Liam Neeson has been a staple in the community ever since the movie Taken came out. And this is what I want to say. Um, an interview has surfaced from 40 years ago where Liam Neeson said that he walked the streets with a weapon hoping to take out his anger after someone close to him was raped by a black man. He spoke on ABC's Good Morning America this morning and says that he's not a racist. And when he asked what he wanted people to learn from his experience, he told the host to talk and to open up. He says, we all pretend we're all politically correct in this country and mine too. You sometimes just scratch the surface and you discover this racism and bigotry and it's there. 
So he opened up about a friend of his who had been raped by a black woman and how he didn't really know how to deal with it. He said, I had never felt this feeling before, which was a primal urge to lash out. And I asked her, did you know the person? Was it a man? She said, no. He said, race. And she said, it was a black man. And the actor said he went out deliberately into black areas in the sitting, in the city looking to be set upon so that I could unleash physical violence. And he said that he did it maybe four or five times. So... I could not believe that he shared the story. And I thought that sharing the story, I mean, took a lot of transparency because I think that racism can be so embedded in our culture that sometimes people don't even realize how racist they are until hindsight. Um, And he had a... I don't think that what he said, now y'all going to get me for this and we're going to wade in the water and see what thus saith the Lord. But I just would like to say, is this different than how black people end up feeling about all police officers because someone in their family was attacked by a police officer? Is there anything to be said about the proximity of something happening to him, the information that he was given, and the anger that he had as a result of it that um, I think, you know, certainly has probably casted a view now on how he may see black men, you know, as violent and rapists. And so it has tainted one person's actions has perhaps taint, not perhaps it did taint a whole group of people and so does that make him racist prop yeah i guess so i i guess so but are we able to understand where he was coming from in a way that tries to save him i don't know Shanika says, I'm still trying to decipher whether his comments were racist or was he just angry at that person? He literally got into character and thought he was in a scene of taken. Bria says, not on Trayvon Martin's birthday, not on Beyonce's internet. It seems like it's going to be a no from the delegation. Angela says, Liam is rescued. I am mixed and there is such a thin line. Keita says, I appreciate his honesty and transparency. He needs to reevaluate his heart if he has not done so. Jaja can says not rescuing Liam. Call the helicopter off, let the air out the floaters, and throw the life jacket away, period. Brittany Wallace says we're not rescuing him because that's prejudice, period, but I'm glad he was open. I feel like if more people were honest about their prejudice, we can actually have a conversation that can possibly produce some kind of change. Um, CJ Royal, CJ Royal says, if we say him Liam, we have to save Governor Northam in Virginia. Otherwise, prayers induces for them both. Wow. I didn't even bring I didn't even bring that story into the news into today's lineup because I didn't have the edges or the resources or the proper hydration to even attempt to do that. Okay. Um, Jasmine says, I like how you look at it, SJR, but this is hard. Quatisha says, I don't know, maybe I'm feeling gracious, save him. I just wanna know, you know. Karina, Karina says, I think it makes him hurt and broad stroking his pain as a result. Yeah. Okay. So I guess this is my question. If someone does something, and this is like a legitimate question that I have that I want you all's perspective on. I don't have the answer, but you know, perhaps we can reason together. 
Does something that someone did 40 years ago that they now realize as wrong and broken and hateful title and label them for the rest of their life? Like, you know, and I'm just, I'm not like trying to play devil's advocate, but I do have to try and see it from both sides, right? So like if I told my brother, my husband, if I told my father, any of the men in my family, that something had happened to me and that I didn't, I couldn't tell who did it. I just knew it was a white man and I was in a specific area. Would my family get in the car and go walk the streets looking for any white man? Yes. Would they then kind of look at all white men differently? Yes. Would it make it right? No. And I think coming to a place where we understand that that is wrong and that we cannot label a group of people based off of one person's action is necessary. And I think that at this time, Liam Neeson seems to have come to that place, you know, but I just wonder, like, do we cancel someone for something they did 40 years ago? I guess that's the governor, Northam, too. Like, is do we cancel him? Like, I don't know. Like, are you once a racist, always a racist? I don't know. I need help. Alicia says, you're so right. People should be allowed to grow and change and move on. Jocelyn Hart, Kevin Hart literally just went through this. He just didn't have an interview and bring it to the forefront. We can't cherry pick these things because of race. And let me tell you, I saw the Kevin Hart thing too. And, you know, I I understand why he did not want to apologize because he'd already apologized. It was something that was old. I think there was a part of me that just felt like if you're sorry for something you did 10 years ago, then you're sorry for it 10 years later as well. So like, I will never mind apologizing. Like if I dragged your name through the mud when we were in college, if I did something that hurt you when we were in college and you see me 30 years down the road and maybe, you know, you're still affected by it, I wouldn't mind apologizing again because I felt like if I was wrong then, I'm I, if I was wrong then and I'm and I'm sorry then, then I'm sorry now. So I don't think that we can ever be so far removed from what happened that we don't mind apologizing again. Now, I don't, I'm, you know, it ain't no need for you to put on your pants because I'm not going to kiss nothing in my apology, but I will apologize again sincerely. But like, I, you know, as far as what I can do to make up for what I did and all that stuff, like there's only a limited amount of time and space and energy I can give towards that. But if I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'll always be sorry. And I don't mind telling you that if you need it for your healing process. So I kind of differed a little bit with the Kevin situation, but Liam Neeson seems to have come to this realization. Um, Ashley Jackson says it's not the same, Sarah. Okay, I'm with you. um, Simona says, Chow, you right. We were forgiven to give forgiveness, save him, but put him in the back with no snacks. Dora says, no, I thank God people do not hold me for the things I've done and said over the years. It's not right. Uh, Quatisha says, hold up, says, I can apologize, but you're not going to keep dragging me back to a place you choose to live in. I understand um, let's see. What do you guys think? Bell says, 40 years ago, so he's been suppressing those feelings. We're seeing a lot of openly admitted bigotry over the last three years. I'm not, honestly, I think the interviews surfaced. I don't think that it was like he just decided to, I don't know how. I should have done a little bit more research so that I could be a professional journalist like, you know, Barbara Walters and Oprah. But, um, I can't, I don't know if the interview just happened to surface or if he was telling people about it, but here we are. 
Shanika says, I think it depends. Some people use an apology as a way to of control, so I understand Kevin Hart's perspective a little. I, I did, okay, I don't want to sound like I didn't understand his perspective because I can see, like, I've already faced that, apologized for it. You know, I'm leaving it in my past, whatever. I, I do see that. I just think for me personally, I don't know. And maybe I need to wait and put my, you know, see what happens as these tables of life continue to turn. But there is a part of me that feels like I've done some ratchet wrong things in my life. I've hurt a lot of people's feelings. My mouth has gotten the best of me. I've said some things I didn't mean. I've hurt some people. And if that person or that situation came up and offended a group of people who weren't aware of it, I I think that I would apologize. But I don't know. I know she says, nope, we mind our business over here, so we don't know. Ashley Jackson says he has the skills to save himself. Oh, that's a word. We are talking about taking. Uh, Kristen says a person's past doesn't define them. And Asiana says he was saying he uses those em- oh, emotions then when he's playing in his roles to continue to use those feelings is not okay. Oh, I under- see somebody did some research. My some research. So he has channeled those feelings that he used then into the characters that he's played. So can I just get just one general consensus? Um, are we are we going to rescue or not? Shaninka says grace, grace, grace. Christy says yeah, I got to do more research on this Liam story before I form my opinion on the matter. Tiffany Gibbs says, just imagine of the judgment we get in if we had this current technology in the 90s. A lot of us chat if we'd had this in the 90s or the early, earlier 2000. Okay, but let me see. So it says, no, no. Someone says floaty and a yanla, a pool noodle. Can we say a pool noodle? A pool noodle or a yanla? A yanla will get them together. It sounds like... I'm not going to lie. A lot of people have said no. A lot of people have said no. A few people have offered a pool floating, and a a lot of us have decided that we just cannot afford the gas for this rescue. Um, Demi Lovato cost us a lot of money to rescue, and we're not going to be able to extend the noodle. I mean, the jet. But we got a noodle on it. So I guess guess that's where we at. A, A noodle. Pool noodle. Okay. Well, all right. A pool noodle for the save. That was I cannot wait to see the comments from you guys listening on the podcast regarding this because who she lay, okay? Um Okay, so let's see. Our, our next story, guys, has um <laughs> came to my desk during the weekend. By my desk, I do mean my nightstand when I was strolling through my cell phone. Um, This weekend, instead of happily attending a Super Bowl party in support of either the L.A. Rams or the New England Patriots, a formal couple is spending their time in recovery and entangled in in legal proceedings for a domestic dispute. Shad Moss, also known as Bow Wow, and his on and off a girl on-and-off-again girlfriend, Leslie Holden, professionally known as Kiyomi Leslie, were both arrested after a fight that occurred in Atlanta early in the morning. When pictures of the mugshots hit the internet, many people began to drag Bow Wow 
And by drag him, I mean to speak about how he seemed to have received um, the the larger, the the shorter end of the stick. My mind is gone. I think I woke up early fooling with Ella, so whatever. Here we are. Um, anywho, he received the shorter end of the stick, I guess, with this fight because he was bruised and scratched in a way that shocked and appalled me. And people were just acting like, oh, he lost, he lost, he lost. And I think that when abuse happens from either party, that it has to be taken seriously. I don't know what happened, and so I can't speak to that. Only they know what happened between the two of them. But I do know that I felt challenged to not make fun of a man who came out of an altercation with another woman looking like that. Because one of two things happened. Nobody wins a fight like that. You know, somebody might walk away with more physical scars, but nobody really wins because, see— if you have ever been in a relationship where it has come to blows, and I don't necessarily mean like, you know, there was one person who was the uh, the abuser, but like where you have a fly mouth, he has a fly mouth, and y'all square up on one another because you can't just express your emotions the way that you wanted to, um, which I have been a part of. Like, those are not healthy situations to be in regardless. That's why I'm like, no one wins in a fight like this. And the fact that he came away looking like that is just like not a win for anybody. It's not a win for her. It's not a win for him. And I just think that I would like to rescue Bow Wow um, as much as I never thought that those words would ever come out of my mouth. Because I think the perception of a man walking away from that physical altercation more bruised than the woman and that being like something that was made fun of is just not healthy. I just, I wasn't here for it. Um, but I'm interested to seeing what the delegation says. Sharon says, her bruises aren't visible, but they're there. Alicia says, everyone should just keep their hands to themselves. Everyone should just keep their hands to themselves. Risha says, yes, we need to rescue him. Tiffany says, it's a lot of men going, being abused and not talking about it because of that perception, for sure. Anisha says, yeah, come on, let's get a boat together for him. Look at us rescuing the saints. Lauren says, rescue him because if it was the other way around, oh, we would be livid and it would just be too far. Ashley says, okay, can we just bring them both to the prayer meeting? I got the slain cover. Okay, so we need to rescue both of them. That's a word. It's not just, I wanted to rescue him because he he was the one who people was making a lot of fun of. But we do need to rescue both of them because nobody wins when the family feuds. Okay, that's what Deacon Jay-Z said. Letitia says, we can rescue and take them to the altar, sis. Naoshi says, yeah, he isn't a big guy. I feel sorry for him being the first aid kit. So Tiana says, those photos made me think he didn't even fight back. Yeah, because let me tell you, if you have not seen those mug shots, hopefully they'll be taken down because that's not the kind of thing you want living in the internet forever. And like, just God leave the internet. Boy, one thing, and it just be out there forever. There's nothing you can do about it. But those pictures suggest that things went down in a way that like maybe he wasn't really, maybe he wasn't really trying to fight back. I don't know. I don't know what happened in the room. But I do know that, you know, 
this is definitely an instance where we shouldn't be making fun of someone's pain. Adrian says they need time apart, maybe forever, for sure. Let me tell you, emotional unhealthy relationships are such a common thread in our culture these days that I don't think that we realize how unhealthy they truly, truly are. Because when something is familiar, it can lose its sting. But just because it's familiar doesn't mean that it's right or that it should be normalized. And I just feel like these types of relationships, ones that I have come out of perhaps ones that you have been a part of, just leave both people more damaged than necessary. And I just, I'm striving to do my part to help women know their worth and to come out of those situations. And my husband does his part in trying to call men to live with, you know, morality and integrity and honor and value. And it is you know, a battle that a lot of people face, but there is victory on the other side of it. I will say that. Sammy says, oh, um, she said, what happened with Jesse's mom? We talked about that last week a little bit. Ashley Jackson says, it starts to feel comfortable because it's familiar for sure. Megan Yancey says, we saving her too because she got some anger in her as we can see. Can we say deliverance? For sure. Tiffany Mensa posted the National Domestic Violence Hotline where you can call or chat online. I'm going to give you guys that number just in case you're listening on the podcast. It's 1-800-799-7233. Advocates are ready 24-7, 365 days a week, a year to help you. Tony says they both need counseling before they give. Okay, well, it sounds like we're going to be able to rescue them. And I don't know about you, but I'm glad about it because I think the more people who we can save, the better, the healthier our community and our entire world is as a part of it. Okay. So Jaquita says, we'll send a limo for her and you'll be in the back. One for him and one for him with Pastor PT and mobile sessions are needed ASAP. Amen. Okay. So we took care of our Rescue Eve stories. And now, may I turn your attention to Hail Mary. Hail Mary is when we take a moment and acknowledge men and women who have done some things in the news that are worthy of us giving a round of applause to. That first person who we must just give a huge delegation applause is Candace Payne. Candace Payne is in the Chicago area. I don't know if you guys know this. In Chicago, if you're listening, let me tell you, Midwest, the whole Midwest situation went through, what did they call it? A polar vortex, an Arctic vortex, something. Child, when you know it's cold when they have to start using words that you don't even hear in the news anymore. It was freezing, literally freeze to death cold in Chicago. And a good Samaritan by the name of Candace Payne, her husband, and a group of about eight Southside friends emerged as the leaders of the effort to relocate more than 100 people from the cold after an explosion caused fire officials to remove propane tanks from their camp off Roosevelt Road. She says, this is just regular people trying to help, said Payne. She's 34. She kicked off the effort to shelter people by reserving 20 hotel rooms using her credit card and posting a plea for help on Instagram. So I guess there was a campsite set up for people who obviously were in need of somewhere to stay during this polar vortex. And 
This woman went and reserved 20 hotel rooms with her own credit card to help people get off the street. So they ended up ultimately getting about 60 rooms, which literally were lives saved. And so I just wanted Candace Payne to get some, just some, just come on, Jesus. We see you out here living your best life and inspiring us all to get our lives together. Lauren says, Hail Mary, we need more people willing to be a blessing to others. Glory to God. Christy Walker says, yes, they paid for hotel rooms. And Iman says, good Samaritan 2019 for sure. Monica says, that's awesome. It was so incredible. And I don't know, it just always reminds us, like, we always kind of get down when we see things that happen in the news and we're like, we wish I wish I could do something about that. I wish I could do something about that. And I think the moral to that story is do what you can with what you've got. And that's what she did. Rashad says, see the way my credit card is set up. See, everybody not be able may not be able to do 20 rooms, but you can maybe do 20 sandwiches or 20 blankets. Like, what can we do on the level that we're on that makes the world a better place? Because if we all engage in doing what we can on the level that we're on, then collectively our efforts can make a big difference in the world. Ashley Harris says, can we start a GoFundMe for her credit balance? That is a word. Um um, maybe someone has already done that. We have to look into it. So, um, oh, Danette Dare to Win Richard says, Hail Mary for you and Pastor T for your comedy pilot on ABC. Keep blazing the trail. Yeah, guys, if you haven't heard the news, I'm not, I'm una- I'm not making myself a Hail Mary. But what I will say is that ABC approached my husband. Well, Leslie Odom Jr. and Carrie Washington approached my husband and I in like October about doing a show, a comedy, kind of like comedy, dramedy, loosely based on our life. And we accepted that offer. We became co-executive producers of the project. We've shared a lot of our stories and moments to help with, you know, the project. And we read the first script and it's like so good. It's funny. It's real. But it's also got a message at the end of it. Like, and we're like pastors, like real pastors. Like we're preaching from our pulpit, saying the name of Jesus. Like we get to like do it the way that we do it. And, um, um, well, and by we, I mean like our char- the characters who are playing us. But the show, the person who bought the show isn't at ABC anymore. So the person who approved the pilot like in November, October and November isn't at ABC anymore. And so we had to go through another round of approval. And we got news on Monday that the show made it to the next round. So, yeah, that's 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 what's happening here. Um, so, yes, thank you for that shout out. I did not actually write that down as my Hail Mary Um, But since you brought it up, I thought I would share it with the kid, okay? So our next Hail Mary is LeBron James, and he's technically our Hail Joseph because when we have a fella in the mix, we got to take a minute and just say Hail Joseph and not Mary. LeBron James helped Octavia Spencer secure fair pay for her role in their upcoming Netflix series. The Oscar-winning actress revealed the basketball player's welcome intervention during a panel at this your Sundance Film Festival. So she says, I have to say when I was negotiating my deal for Madam CJ, LeBron James had to intervene. So we need all our male 
counterparts to be in the fight with us. So basically, LeBron intervened and insisted that Octavia be paid fairly for her role as Madam C.J. Walker in their deal. And I just wanted to say that, like, that is awesome. Um, Obviously, you know, as a woman— in ministry and a woman who gets to connect with all different types of women from different backgrounds, I recognize that I really honestly, truly believe that there is not a better time to be a woman than right now in this day and age because there are there's so much awareness about the effective, effectiveness of our voice and the power that we bring into industries. Um, because so many trailblazers have gone ahead of us. But I do also know that our movement has to be, you know, our movement is more powerful. It doesn't have to be, but our movement is more powerful when we have men being a part of the movement as well. And that's why I love that my husband is so supportive of Woman Evolve because it would be so easy to kind of be like, you know, oh, well, that's my wife's thing or, you know, just trying to make me be like a cute little housewife, which like I wasn't that when we got made. There, first of all, nothing wrong with being a cute little housewife. Let me say that. But I'm saying like he did not limit the my dreams to fit into what he wanted in a wife. He let me be who I was going to be. So if you're called to be a housewife, that's your calling and you find fulfillment in that. If you're called to be other things, sometimes you do need a man who was in that industry to help underscore and to validate what is going on inside of you. And I think that it's awesome to see people like LeBron James and other men who are doing things like that. Ashley Store says, I love LeBron. He's definitely the GOAT on and off the court. Olivia Reed said, men that see the worth of a of a of a woman and will make sure in the industry she is set and taken care of is amazing. We all need to come together and help each other for sure. Monica says, yes, get it, LeBron. Olivia says, yup. Monica Dorsey says, this is the year of the woman. We are powerful in shifting the atmosphere in every area of life. And big ups to the men who understand the power of that. Um, My last Hail Mary is for Caroline Gillespie. I'm not sure if you guys heard this story. When I heard it, I thought, wow, what a woman. Teen suddenly finds $11.5 million in his bank account. An 18-year-old boy whose bank account was mistakenly flooded with millions of dollars planned to buy a Porsche before the error was corrected. Dane Gillespie from Belfast in Northern Ireland noticed he had $8.9 million or $11.5 million in U.S. dollars in his nationwide bank account. He had previously cashed a check from his grandmother worth $11,500, but several extra zeros were added to the deposit by mistake. And his mother, Caroline Gillespie, was the one who told him, we got to get this sorted out and we need to take care of it. And let me tell you, that's the kind of mother that I need to be, and hopefully that I will be. And in order for me to determine if I'm going to be that mother or not, I need someone at Bank of America or Wells Fargo to accidentally drop millions of dollars into my children's account so that my righteousness may be tested and come out as pure gold. If there's anyone who's willing to take that um 
L for me so that I can test my righteousness. Child, I'm here and I'm willing and I'm available. Tacola Williams says, Hail Mary to all stay at home moms because the way my kids, let me tell you, Hail Mary to. I worked from home on Monday. Ella was climbing on my head. She snatched my wig off in the middle of a Zoom call, like literally snatched my wig off. Like it was lifting off of my wig grip. And I was like, little girl, she climbed on top of my shoulders. She started falling off of my shoulders and she grabbed my wig because let me tell you about the faith of a child. And this is why you need to be like little children in order to enter the kingdom because she thought that what was going to secure her was grabbing onto my wig. Little did she know the gag was on her because when she grabbed on that wig, she fell even further into despair. I had to grab her with my own hands. But yes, hail Mary to the stay-at-home mamas and hail Mary to this mama, Caroline Gillespie, who turned this money in. Once again, if anyone wants to test me, I would like for you all to deposit money into Isaiah Roberts or Malachi Jacob account to the tune of $11 million. And we just want to see what the end is going to be. Amen. Amen. Quotisha says, have mercy because I'd be saying, baby, that's a blessing. I would be thinking the Lord knows the desires of our heart. That's what I would be. I would be thinking it was an answer to prayers. That would be my immediate thought. And maybe that's just me because I have so much faith that I would think to myself, oh, well, this is the work of the Lord that this has happened to us. you know. And I would probably say to myself, if the bank calls us, then maybe we'll know. But if the bank don't call us, would I call the bank? Maybe because I ain't trying to go to jail for nobody. But I would have to wonder. I would have to wonder. Okay. Adele says he has a good God-fearing mama. She is going to be blessed for that. Indeed, she is. Latrice says, whoo, child, I don't need that type of temptation. Just test me in this. Okay. Jaquita says, if that landed in my account, child, the way these bills set up and wanting to pay off our home, I might have needed to be rescued, even confessed at the altar. Wouldn't that be something? Alicia says, hey, Sarah, my first time ever catching this podcast, Facebook Live. Hey, girl, how are you? Okay. Um, All right. Listen, how about this? Are we all good here? Have we rescued and hail married everybody? Tiana says, I would be too scared to spend. I would be a little afraid to spend it, but I don't know that I would report it. It's levels to it. You know, there's a, there's I'm going to call. There's like, don't spend it. Let's see what's happened. what happens there. This is the Lord's doing. Let's go shopping immediately. There would just be so many different options. But okay, that's it. All right. Um, okay, let's see, go to our advice questions. I, this podcast going to be short, I think. Let me not jinx it because then we've been and got caught up in somebody's issues and struggles. Okay. Um, I could do three questions for the advice thing to drag this thing on out because I love y'all and we don't get to spend nearly enough time together. together. Okay. Do y'all know we halfway through this season? Do y'all understand that we halfway through this season? We can't. We can't even imagine this coming to an end. So this first question came on through the DMs, as most of them do, okay? says, hey, sis, friend, mentor in my head, LOL. I have a question. Not sure if you already have your questions for today's advice section, but this has been weighing heavy on me lately, and I feel like I can't go to the next level without this being addressed. So I'm hoping you may be able to help me navigate this a little better. 
If you are able to answer it on the podcast, leave me anonymous, which I did. So she says, so a while back, actually right before I left my hotel room on my way to the Woman Evolve conference, I prayed to God that as I continued in this journey he was taking me on, that he would bring people in my life that were aligned with what he was trying to do through me. Since then, I've tried to be more open to new friendships, but as of late, I feel like people are only attracted to me because they because what they feel I can do for them. Every time we speak, it's me giving them advice or pouring into them or helping them in some way. And don't get me wrong, I want to help everyone, but at the same time, I want genuine friendships. And I don't feel in, and I don't like feeling like people are only trying to stay connected to me because they think I'm going somewhere or they think I have something to offer them. I guess my question is, how do you draw the line when your heart is to help everyone, but you also don't want to feel taken advantage of? Any insight you can give on this will be helpful. So let me tell you, I have struggled with this feeling as well. And it hit me one day when I was expressing this to, I think it was my mom or my husband, that like, you know why I am the only one that's ever like pouring or giving advice in these friendships that I have? It's because I don't ever open up and let people in. And so on one hand, I don't create a space for them to pour back into me. And on the other hand, though, I'm upset that they're not pouring into me. So I don't know if this is your case, but I thought it was worthy of bringing up because I think it's something that a lot of us deal with and it resonated with me for this reason, is that like people do not pour into cups that they think are already full. And if you're ever running empty or if you're ever in need of an encouraging word, you almost have to be like them and saying, I need some prayer or I need some help or what do you think about this? But sometimes when you are the strong friend, it can be challenging to open up and become vulnerable enough to say, this is where I am too, especially when everyone thinks that you're the one who has it all together. I don't know if that's your instance, but I do think that that is, you know, just something to consider because how can we penalize someone for not giving us what they need when they didn't know that we needed it? So that was something that I wanted to throw out. I think another thing worthy of considering is that, like, you don't have to pour to the extent that you pour. Sometimes when I'm going places, I well, I used to. I used to feel like I had this pressure to bring a lot of energy into the room. And like you guys have heard me say, like I'm naturally kind of a very low-key person. And so like I'm not the person who like walks into a room and owns the room. Like in my head, at least I'm not like, I don't know if that's how it comes off to other people, but I'm definitely the kind of person who can come in and be very, very chill. And I think that because that is my, you know, presentation, that people may not find themselves, you know, gravitating towards me or me putting myself in a position where I can connect with other other people. And I say that to say that you can allocate your energy. Okay, 
I forgot what I was saying, but I remember what I'm saying now. So what I decided to do is instead of being the person who walks into the room and tries to muster up all this energy, that I would just go into the room as myself with the energy that I have, and then we'll just see what happens from there. But I did not want to force myself to have this level of energy and engagement that I didn't have. I say that to say that if you cannot pour or if you are giving advice at a time where you can't do it, then you do become resentful of people, but it's not necessarily their fault because people will take what they think is available to them. So it might need to be made unavailable to them. Maybe they have some advice questions and they're like, oh man, I don't really have a lot of time to answer that, but I can just give you two quick sentences on what I think about it and maybe we can circle back at another time. You know, maybe we shouldn't randomly pour anymore because we're just in a season where I need to kind of preserve myself. Communication is everything. And I think there are ways that we can say, oh, I'm not able to do that right now. I'm really going through this season where I have to kind of work on what's going on with me. And I'd appreciate your prayers as I sort through this. I'm just saying that like you are not locked into any specific role or any specific pattern for your life with your words and with sincerity and sensitivity towards the other people on the other end of your words. You can create a life that doesn't feel like prison, even if at one point the life that you were in felt like paradise. Seasons change, responsibilities change, passion changes, purpose changes, and I may not be able to show up for you the way that I did in college. I may not be able to show up for you the way that I did in high school. And as a matter of fact, now that I have these new responsibilities, I'm not sure how I can show up for you, but what I know for sure is that I wanna learn who I am in this season because when I learn who I am in this season, then I can teach you who I can be in your world. That That's my thought. Nevada King says, that's good. People don't pour into a cup that seems full. Daphne says, I needed this. Olivia says, yes, I'm a cancer too. Yeah, July, that's my life. Tacola says, I got so tired of pouring from an empty cup that I literally fasted my friends. I blocked them from calls and texts and social medias. All right, now, Belle says, you have not because you asked not. Ask not. Adele says, and helping others that never wanted to pour back into me in any way. Yep, cut that off and you will feel better. Monica Duke says, caught that in my spirit. Come on, somebody. Lauren Tiffany says, self-care. Self-care, soul care is a major thing. Taisha says, this is good. We have to do a better job of filling our own cup before trying to help other people fill their own. When we give from an overflow, it helps all involved. And like the last thing you want to do is be pouring while resentful because even though you're pouring what may be good advice or good common sense, like you're also seeping in a little bitterness into that, which isn't good for you and isn't good for them. And what could have been like a perfectly good question that you wouldn't mind answering if you had overflow now becomes abuse to you in your mind because you didn't have it to give, but that person didn't know that. And so don't be afraid to make people aware of where you are. Lauren says, team cancer, we can't help it, but I'm helping it in this season. I'm a very sensitive person. Iman says, this is too real. I've been there. When life changes, relationships have to flex, DTR, and communicate expectations for sure. So, okay. That was my first question. Let's move on. Move on down the road, ease on down the road. This question came through um, January 18th, I think. 
Yeah, it came through January 18th, and I meant to answer it because I thought it was really good, but um, I forgot to. So, anywho, the question, very short and to the point, it says, do you have to tell your partner everything that you've been through before you can progress with the relationship? And let me tell you why I thought this was an interesting question. Because when I was um, a young thing out there living my life and playing the field, um, you know, there would always come that point in the conversation where we had, like, how many people have you been in a relationship with? How many people have you had sex with? Where I just felt like that was standard questioning in a part of a relationship. And when I was with my husband, when my husband and I were dating, like, I just guess I was waiting to have this questionnaire moment, and we never had it the way that I thought we were going to have it. Like, we eventually ended up sharing, but we shared in a way that was natural and comfortable for us. And so I think that when you're in a relationship, that, like, feeling this pressure of, unless there's something that, like, you know, health-wise they need to be made aware of or legal-wise they need to be made aware of, you know. But I think that there are some things that are a privilege to know about me as I feel more comfortable in sharing myself and as I feel more trusting that you'll know what to do with the pieces of my heart. So I'm not going to, like, give you my full life resume on our first or second date, but as we become more comfortable in one another, as we share, I think in most relationships, there is a natural expression and revealing of one another's journey that relieves you from the pressure of telling everything and having this big moment. So that's that's what my thoughts were. Kendra says, I'm so happy that I finally get the podcast live. Hi. Hey, child. Patricia says, I love it. Olivia Reed says, right. Alexis says, I need this answer. Laura Lee says, nope. Alberta says, I hope not. Tanisha says, been there. And Miss Carrie says, I'm grabbing all of this. This was so timely and perfect. Yeah, like, um, and Jasmine says, exactly. So it sounds like the delega- delegation is in agreement that there's just a natural way of getting to know one another. You know, like, do you have children? I think it's like a pretty, like, common, basic question, you know, but when you, I don't know if it's just me, but when I read this question, it kind of felt like it's some things that I didn't gone through, and I don't know if I got to tell everything Um, And I don't know what those things are, but I do know that you have to remember that getting to know you is a privilege. And as that person shows themselves worthy and consistent, that they can gain more access to you. Anybody who is an adult and dating another adult has to assume that in order for them to become an adult, they had to go through some things in their life. That doesn't mean that they, you know, maybe it's not sexual, maybe it's, you know, financial, maybe they've had some parenting things, whatever it is. Like, you don't get to just bust up in somebody's stuff and say, like, show me around here. Like, no, we're going to take a minute and I'm going to get you a nice little cup of water and you're going to sit down and we're going to get to know one another and we're going to ease into the corridors of my heart as you show yourself worthy. Just take that snippet and play it for them. Okay. As Yana says, let's have a natural conversation. I don't want to be interviewed. That's what I'm thinking. Shamika says, I still think it's important to discuss certain things in times. Can't be interrogating folks. Agreed. And let me tell you, I used to interrogate people like, oh, like with a checklist, like of getting to know you questions. And it's just, it's not necessary. And okay. Last question. I don't, I don't, I 
should have had more rescues. I, I just can't believe our time is coming to an end, okay? Um, okay, Tywell has a follow-up question. She says, so over time, did everything get did everything get revealed? Yeah, I mean, over time, like my husband are, and I are like five years into our relationship, marriage, and dating all combined. And uh, yeah, like we have revealed everything about one another, like I, I I say everything because it's not like I have this little closet of things that I'm easing out in marriage, but like there are still things that come to me because I don't know about y'all, but I've forgot some things out of my mind. Um, let me put my phone down to, to answer this question. There are some things that I did in college where I was like, you know, after I did them, I was like, that never happened. I'm just easing that out of my mind. I'm scratching this off the, the list. It just... You never happened. This never occurred. And yes, I had lied to myself in order to do that, but it was fine. And every now and then something will happen that comes back to my remembrance. And I'd be like, babe, did I ever tell you about that time that I was at the mall and then I wasn't at the mall and what happened and how that happened? And it just comes out naturally, though, naturally. So Jaquita Pickens says, child, my PI skills are on another level. Can I tell you my PI skills? You talking about PI skills. I mean, tracing IP addresses, like I literally had these apps and websites. I will know where you live. I will know where you move. And I didn't utilize any of that with my husband. But once again, I really do think that it was the way that he presented himself from the onset that I did not want to sabotage the beauty of getting to know him by getting ahead of myself, if that makes sense. Like, I love, <laughs> I, I'm going to say this past tense, but I love my husband now, but I loved so much. Just like, let me tell y'all, when I met my husband, like, I was in a really good place, like me feeling whole and confident and understanding my value and my worth. And I was so intrigued that he saw myself the way that I was beginning to see myself that I was just fascinated at what he saw. And I think the greatest relationships reflect the best parts of you in such a way that it just makes you so intrigued with what's in front of you and maybe like not what's behind them. I, I'm trying to explain it like the way that I felt it because I was Miss P.I. Skills. Like even when I was dating after I got divorced, like I would be looking at social media and comments and trying to plot things out and who is this and who are you talking to? And then I met my husband and there was something about our connection. Like obviously I know now that it was a God design and that's what it was. I'm working on this book finally because it's time for me to write again, but I'm working on this book about Eve and Woman Evolve. And it just dawned on me like how beautiful the moment must have been when Adam and Eve first met and how they had to have been so fascinated by one another that they were so intrigued at just like the journey of getting to know one another that they didn't want to race the uh, rush the process. And I really feel like for me, like that was part of why I lost my PI skills. I just met someone who made me want to hear from them what their life had become without me making assumptions and trying to draw conclusions. So I don't know if that made any sense, but that was my testimony. 
Kathy King says the greatest relationships reflect the best part of you. That's the word. And Jessica says homegirl investigations, retired, but always ready to help. Now, let me tell you who will help you. Let me tell you, one of my friends was going through, had a little stalker situation, and I know I can get right back in the game. I just don't have to, um, I don't have to do that in my relationship. And I thank the Lord for it because it is nothing but the grace of God that I am who I am. Okay, last question, guys. Because now we now I feel I feel it coming. I feel it getting long. Okay, last question. It says, I told my drug abusive husband he need he needed to leave and get help. Instead, he is moving on and not caring to come back home. Why is it that I now feel guilty? Like if I lost, like I lost the fight, like if my faith was too weak, as if I should have endured this till God made a miracle in him, me, and this marriage. And I really wanted to answer this because I feel like a lot of women find themselves at crossroads. And there was just something about this question that stood out in my mind that I thought may be helpful to other women. And you said something that I really want to, you know, just offer another perspective on. You said, I told my drug abusive husband that he needed to leave and get help. And I think that sometimes when we are in toxic relationships, that we want so much for the other person to get better. And we want so much for the other person to be healthy that we neglect to see the areas of our life that has become damaged. And I think that you would feel less guilty and more confident in your decision if you would have thought to yourself, I need my drug abusive husband to leave so that I can get help. Because when you make the separation about you and what you need and who you want to become, then it relieves the other person from the responsibility of fulfilling a specific role. Now, in that process, anything can happen. Maybe he does get clean. Maybe he does get his life together. And then you guys are able to bring your marriage together. But I think in this season, it is a mistake to focus on him and his outcomes and what he's doing, because that means that your process your ability to become whole is solely dependent on another person's role. And the reality is that no matter who has broken us, that we are the only ones responsible for finding forgiveness, healing, and being able to move on. If that person can help us do that, that's wonderful. But if they cannot, we cannot stay broken. And I think that if you've been in a drug abusive or any kind of abusive relationship, that the first priority has to be, how has this affected me? How has this changed me? How has this hurt my family and hurt my children? You have to become the priority priority because a lot of times we stay in those relationships because we made the other person the priority. I just want to see you get help. Everyone always leaves you and I want to be the person who stays with you. Everything is about that person. And just for a moment, I want to give you permission to assess the damage of your own heart, to assess the pain of your own spirit and to create an environment while he is away for you to become healed. Because if the only way you can become healed 
healed, is if he's healed and clean and comes back into your life, then you may be in that position for a very long time. But if you say to myself, I cannot control another person's actions, but I can control how those actions affect my life. And these are the parameters and boundaries that I am going to create in order to make sure that I have a healthy environment for myself and for my children to be all that they can be in God. This is how I'm going to do it. And I don't need that person to help me do it because I believe that God's going to provide as a part of me pursuing this purpose. And I just wanted to share that with you because I felt like there was too much responsibility on him when it comes to your healing and your journey. Brianna says, it's a word. Jen Odom says, yo, that is a word. Courtney says, woo, to call us a whole word. Um, Santa says, this is where I am, message. Ashley Jackson says, come on, somebody. Chantel says, God will provide. If it's God's will, allow it to be done. Make no mistake, God doesn't make mistakes. So if he wants to go, let him choose you. Angela Jackson says, this is the truth, Sarah. Such a good word. I wish I could sit with you and tell you all about how you gave me the strength to move on and begin my healing. You and Terrell are serious helpers of the kingdom. Maybe in Denver I can have a moment to tell you guys. I would love that. Thank you for sharing your story. We're grateful to be in your life. Courtney Elizabeth says, one hell of an amen. Come on. Um, and that, I don't, what that, I don't know what that was. Star says, I felt like you was talking to me directly. Good. Okay. Um, you got to sometimes make a decision to take care of your heart and to protect it by any means necessary. So I hope that helps you. Um, okay, so here's what I want to say today for my snack attack. It's snack attack time in the kingdom, huh? Okay, this podcast is coming to an end, but we will never be separated because I will be back with you. By the way, I'm podcasting on Monday, okay? Podcasting on Monday because I'm speaking on Tuesday, but I got to make sure we get our girl time in. So Monday, Facebook Live, 2 p.m.-ish, I will be in the building. Okay, so let me tell you guys. So you know how last week I was saying that I need more soul care and I need to take care of myself and, you know, how I noticed I was starting to become very selfish. And so I have been doing something that I want to challenge you all to do. It's a part of my snack. And basically, the thought for my snack is never forget the common miracles in your life, the common miracles in your life. And so one of the ways that I have been helping curve this, one, I've been like setting boundaries like for my life and my schedule, my calendar, so that I have time to take care of myself consistently, not on one-offs. But the other thing that I've been doing is I have been viewing my life through the eyes of my prayers and it has helped me realize that some of the things that have become, frankly, sometimes annoying or irritating in my life are actually miracles that I once prayed for. And I know this is nothing new, right? Like people say these types of things all the time, but it was just a word for me 
You know, and I said, never forget the common miracles in your life. See your life through the prayers of the broken girl you were, and you'll see many of the things that have become normal slash mundane are common miracles. And so there's an oxymoron there, right? Because they're common. I see them all the time. They don't really seem like anything special, but it's juxtaposed by this incredible word that doesn't happen to everyone, and it is miracles. And so, yes, Ella was climbing on my shoulders and literally snatching my wig off. And for a moment, I could have been like, Ella, chill. You got to sit down. Mommy's trying to work. But the truth is that when I looked at her, all of those things were true. She did need to sit down. She did need to chill. I didn't do it from this place of feeling robbed, but I felt like, hey, little miracle that somebody wish they had in their life right now. I just need a minute to get my life together so that I can finish this conference call. It just gives me more grace and patience. It doesn't invalidate what you feel, but it changes your heart towards how you're viewing it and your delivery and how you transition it. Because, you know, maybe... Maybe the kids are talking to you at a time that isn't convenient. Maybe the coworkers are getting on your nerves. But if you see them, see it as less about how it's affecting you and more about like, God, I prayed for this job. I prayed for this opportunity. I'm moving up the way that I desired. And so when I handle this coworker, I'm doing it through the lens and the perspective of realizing that this is a miracle. Somebody hasn't even received their pay yet from the government shutdown, and I never missed a check. And this may not be the ideal place. Maybe I'm not staying here, but I don't have to allow my frustration with what they don't know to change how I treat them because of their literal ignorance. And um, I don't know. I just want to remind you guys that so many of us live each and every day with common miracles. Like... The fact that you have a car, the fact that you have your legs, the fact that you know what you're going to eat for dinner this morning, the fact that you have someone to call and say, girl, I'm tired, the fact that your mom is still alive, the fact that your dad was in the picture, like, I know maybe they don't always say things the right way. Maybe they aren't as compassionate with your journey as they should be. But never let your frustration rob you of the reality that this is a miracle. Like, my life is a miracle. Girls like me, people like us, don't always get the chances that I've gotten. Not everyone gets to have a child. Not everyone gets the job. Not everyone gets the car. There are people, (laughs) listen, our girl gave out 20 rooms in the middle of winter in Chicago because someone was in threat of literally freezing to death. Like the fact that I'm bundled up in this sweater that looks like a bathrobe is a blessing. It's somebody else's miracle. Your complaint is somebody else's miracle. And that doesn't change the fact that you have legitimate concerns. I'm not trying to rob you of that. I'm just saying be careful how you handle those complaints. Don't let it overshadow the miracle. And if it does, then maybe you got to really assess whether or not it was a miracle or some some voodoo child, some magician fooling around on you. <laughs> because those of us who know that we know that we know that the things in our life could have only come from God, not because we did everything right, not because we made all the right decisions, but because he saw something in us that we didn't see in ourselves. 
then we have a responsibility to take care of the miracles that He has given us, especially before we choose to pray for another one. So, yes. How about that? That was my word for today. That was my snack. Jessica says, common miracles. Jaquita says, it's a word. Navigating the coworker situation and changing the perspective. True, true, true. Priscilla says, good reminder. So many times we forget to be grateful. It really just comes down to gratitude. I know it's simple, but every now and then we need we need a reminder. So Ashley says, wow. Kayla says, oh, you are talking straight to me. That hit my core. Victoria says, I'm at Walmart crying. Speak the word. I love you, Victoria. Not in this thing on your own. We're all trying to figure it out. So I'll be patient with your journey if you'll be patient with mine. This is what the delegation does. Are you kidding me? We're an army of incredible women. Not perfect, nor have we arrived, but we are committed to becoming everything that God has called us to be. And we bring a few fellows along for the ride. <laughs> so before it's over, let's take a minute and say, say a prayer for our hearts and for our minds that we can really awaken the consistent spirit of gratitude and patience. God, you are doing such a work on the inside of us, so much so that it is flat out exhausting. And in our exhaustion, because of our pursuit of wanting to be a better person and a better friend, a better sister, a better mother, a better daughter, sometimes we snap. Sometimes we just literally don't have what it takes. But we don't want that to be an excuse that keeps us from being stretched. And so, God, we just ask that you would soothe the areas of our life where we are being stretched with patience and perspective, that we would see those areas as opportunities for us to grow in love, to grow in our communication, and to grow in our gracious way of advocating for what we need without penalizing or punishing the person on the other end of our words. God, just give us wisdom. He said that if we ask for wisdom, you'll give it to us. Give us wisdom that we'll be wise in handling our worlds and the people in them consistently, day after day after day. In Jesus' name.